Welcome to Take It From The Iron Woman. My name is Susanne Müller, your host and the Iron Woman. This podcast is about empowering yourself and others to make real changes in the world. You will hear from everyday, smart, sophisticated, hip people like you and me. Not everybody has to be an Iron Woman to impress the world. Together, we will learn from the sports and business leaders how you can become a more successful person as an entrepreneur or a leader. It's one step at a time, one day at a time. Take your steps now. Take your big steps now. Join me on this journey to success. Take it from the Iron Woman. We only have special guests, even in 2021. And today, finally, we make it happen. Dan in Los Angeles is with us. Dan, introduce yourself. Who is Dan who's going to join us today? First of all, thank you. Pleasure to be on your podcast. My name is Dan Turner. I'm a businessman with a storied career. I was a professional wrestler for many years. I was a journalist for a few years as well. And now I'm in the automotive industry. I'm a specialist that goes into dealerships and turns around businesses that need a little help. I also own a media company on the side that we've got newsletter publishing going on right now. We've done social media marketing. So I've got many hats and no days off is basically what it boils down. <laughs> You're just simply amazing, right? Big person, big goals, big dreams. Let's maybe start with the sport, like the wrestling. Where did it start? I know my two nephews, they are so fond of wrestling. How did that start for you? Well, it started when I was really young. My grandmother used to take me to the matches many, many, many years ago on Wednesday nights in Eastern Canada. And what happened as I was growing up, I wanted to be a professional football player. Got to the point of going to a camp with the uh, pro team in Canada and uh, didn't make the team, was playing at a very high level of junior football, though. I grew up very, very poor, and I always wanted to do something to escape my childhood, I guess you could say. And uh, I ended up getting a lucky break in the world of uh, professional wrestling. I started with the AWA. My first match was against a guy by the name of Scott Hall, who went on to become Razor Ramon in the WWE, WWF. And I just stuck with the wrestling business. I got a lucky break very early and it took off. And I spent a lot of years on the road. In my day, we worked uh, seven days a week. I probably would work 320 shows a week. I mean, a year, maybe 30 days off in a year, something like that. Just go and go and go. But I learned a lot about business. I worked for some great promoters in those days. I learned a lot about business. When I was wrestling, I would go to an area, for example, if I was working out of Vancouver and I would get a radio show, I'd get a newspaper column going at the same time because we'd stay for sometimes four or five months in an area. And I had a great name. I was on television once or twice a week. So everybody knew me and I parlayed that into other business ventures. And no matter where I went, I tried to do that in, in a lot of different places. I ended up in Mexico lived in Mexico for three years and the same thing in Mexico. I ended up with a newspaper column. I ended up with a morning talk in English, all because of wrestling. I did play-by-play -play for, uh, we had the English language rights to Julio Cesar Chavez fights in Mexico. So I did the play-by-play -play for those in English. 
with Don King, spent a lot of time with Don King down there, and uh, various other promoters. I was lucky enough to be in Mexico at the right time when Mexican wrestling was just taking off on TV. Huge, huge audiences every Friday, 20, 22,000 people. On uh, Sundays in uh, Monterey, if we had the show on Sunday night, it was in the bull ring. 35,000 people, 40,000 people in the bull ring. So massive, massive crowds and just a whole different world as far as things go. And I'm a Canadian. I didn't even speak a lick of Spanish when I arrived in the country. I had the Burlitz Guide to Spanish. I didn't realize that tacos weren't crunchy like Taco Bell. There was so much I had to learn and it was a real eye opener and off I went. So that's kind of how the wrestling came about. Yeah. Tell us about the wrestling world. Like, Give us some highlights. Well, I was the Canadian heavyweight champion. I was the NWA Canadian tag team champion. So we lost our mass in Mexico to two legends, Atlantis and Lismark. That night, we had the streets around a cathedral of Mexican wrestling. If you're wrestling, there's three buildings you want, Madison Square Garden. You want to work in the Tokyo Dome, and you really want to work in Arena Mexico in Mexico City. So the night we lost our masks, you know, a huge crowd in, in Arena Mexico. They riot police closed down the streets all around the arena. They circled the ring with the full shields and helmets on and stuff like that. And it was it was monstrous. That would probably be the highlight of my career would be those big, big nights in Mexico. Those Those make up for your early days when you're you're making 50 bucks a night and you've got four guys in a hotel room and the hotel only thinks there's two and you're splitting the matches on the floor and stuff like that. But to get to the pinnacle of what, what you do is there's nothing really like it. And it's certainly memories that I'll never forget, especially growing up. Like I said, I, I grew up on welfare in Canada. I mean, literally with no money. I mean, we lived in a welfare house, broken windows, everybody around us doing B and E's could have really made some some bad life decisions, but I didn't. And it ended up paying off in a huge way. And what was your name in the wrestling world? Well, in wrestling, Dirty Dan Denton, except in Mexico, was Los Animales, the animals. So really interesting in Mexico. We were at the Mexico City Zoo doing promos inside with elephants' trunks over us and, and things like that. And what was really amazing are the people who were wrestling fans. We had no idea. You know, after I stopped wrestling in Mexico, I went to work at the newspaper, became a newspaper columnist, and then I was hired by CNN. I was the first reporter in Mexico with CNN. And my second day, I went to the Mexican White House, Los Pinos. And I met, when I came down the line to meet the president, Carlos Salinas, he had an aide beside him who introduced him to all the reporters. And when I got to the front of the line, he put his hand on the reporter, or the assistant beside him, and he said, welcome, Dan. <laughs> so he let me know right away what was up. And what was up was he knew exactly who I was. So it was pretty interesting. I had many interesting conversations with the president. Again, I'm a poor kid from the streets. And I'm talking to one of the world leaders about things that are happening in his country and other countries and some very candid conversations. And, and again, it was all I have to attribute it back to Mexico. I mean, uh, to uh, wrestling, a lot of the perks I got. Because I was on just once you get on TV. But also with that change comes a lot of responsibility. And I always believed in giving back. So I was stabbed one night in the back on the way to the ring by a fan. I had another fan bring a gun and was arrested and taken out of the building because he wanted to shoot me. But when charities would call, I was one of the top requested people to go do charity work. And I never let them down. I, no matter how tired or burned out I was, I always went 
and did whatever I could for uh, charities. And when I was in Mexico, I did a, something for orphan kids with a toy drive that at Christmas time. And uh, it was it was a lot of fun, and I think we brightened up a lot of people's uh, Christmases with the toys and stuff of the kids. So it was it was a really good run. I really enjoyed the wrestling business. I got hurt a lot. I had separated both my collarbones, nose broken three times, jaw broken uh, three times. Very interesting leg in a cast, knee drained for a number of nights. Just before you go to the ring, they stick a needle in your knee and, and drain. I mean, there's just so many things like that. But when you work as many nights as what we used to work, it was brutal. It was a brutal, mm -hmm. brutal existence. So yeah. My employees now, when they tell me they're going to have a tough night or a tough day, I say, are you climbing in a cage tonight with a barbed wire baseball bat? Because if you're not, it's not going to be that tough a day. Trust me. <laughs> that was my next question, right? My nephews, I'm sure they will say, how can I become a wrestler? What would you recommend to the listeners if they want to step in your footsteps? Well, it's a different world today than what mm -hmm. I was involved with. It really is. And you've got to have the athleticism. And there's a lot of politics in the wrestling business. I, I was very good at playing the politics. I get along with everyone. I would say if somebody's trying to get in, make sure you've got a fallback. Mm -hmm. Even I, I've gone and studied journalism and stuff. So I had a fallback as well although I've had a lot of success, but I would definitely have a fallback. I'd work my butt off to do it. And I tell you what I would do is study, study, study matches, guys, moves, and practice, 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 and just try to become the very best you can be. You want to be the absolute best possible wrestler you can be. And that's how you're going to get a break. And I have a lot of people reach out to me that same question. I have a lot of followers on Instagram and such, and they ask me the same thing. Like, how mm -hmm. how uh, can I get in? How can I get a break? And that's how you do it. To realize when you're sitting in a in an arena, we had 186 guys on contract in, in Mexico City. And for it was the biggest, one of the biggest companies in the world, CMLL. And I remember doing shows in Acapulco and there was a gym next to the arena. And if I stayed over an extra day, there was probably easily a hundred and some guys that were doing barrel rolls in a gym, trying just to get a break to be on the local show. So you've got to understand how competitive, mm -hmm. really competitive that is. It's really, really a competitive, competitive business like mm -hmm. anything else. So it's same yeah. as hockey or football, you know, mm -hmm. those guys go through the same thing. And it's, you said it, it's about practice, 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 and also a little bit about politics. You have to be good at both. And if you can be the very best ever, where it'd be crazy not to have you booked on a show, you'll know you'll make a great living. Mm -hmm. But you've got to get to that level. And you've and you've got to do what it takes to get to that level. I know when I was trying to get there, I sacrificed a lot. My friends were going to dances and I was going to work out. My friends were, were doing a lot of fun things and I wasn't doing. I was just so, so focused on what I wanted to do and what I wanted to become. Mm -hmm. There was nothing that was bigger in my life than that. And that's when I got to the top of the game. That's what I found with the people around me, the same thing. And we're talking about sports. So I grew up working at the Winnipeg Arena and selling popcorn and peanuts. And, and sometimes I would clean the stands. I mean, we didn't have any money. So I had to do that. I used to make $1.20. My brother would make $1.20. And that's mm -hmm. how we, we would contribute to our family, to my mom, so we could eat and have milk. Mm -hmm. But I remember watching Wayne Gretzky stay after practice and shooting buckets and buckets and buckets of pucks when his team would come in to play the Winnipeg Jets. And this is in the WHA days when Gretzky was young. And I never forgot that. Those kind of work lessons you just don't forget. And I used to mm -hmm. think, 
listen, if Gretzky can sit there and just shoot buckets of pucks at the four corners of the net, this is the level of dedication it's going to mm-hmm. take for me to become a wrestler. Yep. I mean, this is what I got to do. I've got to do this. When I think I'm done running, I got to run some more. And that's the level of dedication you need. I think that's everywhere. Hockey, tennis, running, yep. wrestling, everywhere. Well, you can tell people, and this is the difference. So here, now, and I live in Los Angeles. So I train at Gold's Gym and I like to train and I train at Gold's over in Venice Beach. That's probably the best gym I've ever been at anywhere in the world. And you've got Mr. Olympia athletes in there. You've got pro athletes, hockey players, football players. I met Kobe Bryant when he first moved to L.A., with the Lakers in there. I mean, so many great people, but these are the people you're around. And I think the difference is people dream of getting to become a pro athlete and they hear what it's going to take to get there, but they don't fully understand what it's going to take. So you can tell people, and there's something I got going on right now where it's the same thing. You can tell people, look, this is what it's going to take, but unless Mm -hmm. they execute that Mm -hmm. and unless they eat, breathe and sleep it, they'll never achieve it. And that's really what it's about. And the other thing about that is if you're a pro, I know how to get to a training camp. I know how to get to the professional level of wrestling, right? But there's a lot of wannabes that say Mm -hmm. they do, but they just don't have that commitment to do it. And when they don't make it, it's no surprise to me, certainly, but it's certainly a surprise to them. And they just don't understand what it really takes Mm -hmm. to get there. And I don't care if you're doing business, journalism, wrestling, they're all the same. You have to eat, breathe and sleep it. Yep. What are you taking away from this? So much stuff, so much good stuff is available for you. Take it from the Iron Woman. We have episodes every Monday, every Wednesday. There is something for everybody. And Take It From The Iron Woman is also a book. It's a paperback or an ebook. Get something for yourself. Set goals for a great 2021. Thank you for listening. Subscribe and leave a message.